<laughs> that was good. Everybody enjoy that? I saw some of you moving a little bit, so you must enjoy the music. I don't know if you noticed, a lot of that was like outside and active and, and uh, you know, hiking and running and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if that's like a New Year's you know, wannabe type thing, right? Anybody set New Year's resolutions already and working towards them? Uh, hey, I want to start off this morning with uh, a, a time of prayer because there's a, a large group from our church that has uh, are, and, and are currently making their way to Jamaica. And so if you are a family member of someone who is going to Jamaica, would you raise your hand real quick? Awesome. So you can kind of see around the room, there's quite a few of you. Um, what I want to do, Bobby sent a message, they were about to board the plane and, and head out uh, this morning, and, and I want to just pray for them. Um, so if you are visiting with us and, and you're thinking to yourself, we've got a team going to Jamaica, um, it's obviously warmer there than it is here, right? Um, they're just going to be sitting on the beach and, you know, hanging out. That's by far not what they're going to be doing, I can assure you. Uh, the incredible thing of what they're going to get to do over this next week is... Uh, potentially build two to three homes for families. And, and when you think about these homes, it's not anything like what you and I live in. It's literally 11 by 15 um, house that they build. And uh, it's, it's built to withstand hurricanes, uh, minus the roof. If a hurricane comes, the roof's just gone. They gotta, they gotta fix that. But um, they have the opportunity to build these homes for families that uh, either don't have a home or are living in much, much worse. Uh, they also get to, to the opportunity to lay the foundation for future teams to come and build these homes, and, and they also get to minister in the city of the Harmons. And so it's just an incredible opportunity for our team to be down there and serve and love on these people. And so I want to pray for them as we get started this morning, and then we're going we're gonna to dive into what Clint said a while ago, this new series that we are going into and I'm, I'm really excited about. So before we get too far ahead, let's, let's stop and pray and uh, pray for these families as they are um, ministering in different ways this week, but also for the ones that will be in Jamaica. So God, we, we just thank you for the opportunities like this uh, where our people get to go and they get to serve. They get to be the hands and feet of what you have called them to. And Lord, as we just saw this video of these, this new life, Lord, in and, and, and being in Jamaica, there's nothing sweeter than to be on site after a house has been built and you get to hand the keys to that family because it's theirs. It's a place that they can call home. It's a place that they can raise their children. It's a place where they can worship you. It's a place where they can disciple. God, it, it's something that you have provided for them. And so... As the team goes, as they prepare, we, we pray not just for safe travels, we pray for health, we pray for um, incredible conversations to come from it. But God, more than anything throughout the course of this week, would your name be glorified over and over and over. And so, Father, we pray for the ones that are here. Uh, sometimes that's harder, or it's, it's easy to go, but the ones that have to stay behind it's difficult, and so, Lord, we pray blessings over them this week as they continue to minister here at home, as they, as they potentially go back to work this week. Lord, whatever you have in store for them, would you walk them through this week and continue to remind them that what you're doing over there is incredible, but you also have a work right here. And so, Lord, would we be mindful of that? 
And so as Bobby and Laura lead this team, would you bless them and be honored through that? We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, but it's really exciting to me that, um, that we have a pastor and his wife that are passionate about missions and about going and serving, not just in Jamaica or Southeast Asia, but even in our community and, and serving here as well. And, and, and I don't know about you, but to me, that's, that's, that's becoming the heartbeat of Holly Springs. And it's exciting to be a part of that and to see what God is doing in and through your lives, as well as the staff, and, and it's just incredible to see what God's doing. And, and so as we go into this new year, um, we, as we've sat and talked and, and kind of dreamed about where do we want to go, this is the subject that came up, spiritual disciplines. And, and for many of you, I don't know about you, I don't know how you grew up, um, the word discipline in my house uh, growing up revolved around a belt, or a grounding, or, uh, or something of the nature. I know you cannot picture this, um, but I was a pretty much a heathen growing up. Like, I was, I, was, I was a bad kid, really bad. And any way I could possibly get in trouble, I was that, I would get in trouble. And I'm so glad my kids went to children's church, because I get to air out some dirty laundry here. But there was a lot of discipline that took place in my house. The thing that helped me, though, is that I had a brother, I still have a brother, I have a brother that's seven years older than I am, and so I got to see all of his mistakes and not make those, but I got to make up new mistakes. And, and it was just incredible, you know, to kind of walk through that and learn from those. And, and, uh, but when we talk about disciplines from Scripture, we're not talking about God coming down with his holy whip and, and raining down the thunder on us. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is this, this disciplined lifestyle that Christ has laid out for us through his scriptures and for us to follow. So think about it this way. If you don't like the word discipline, think about formation. All right? Spiritual formations. If we as followers of Christ become disciplined in our approach to him, then our relationship to him grows. Right? But when we become lackadaisical and lazy, then our, our scripture reading begins to fall by the wayside. Our prayer life is non-existent. Our, even this becomes very hard to do, our fellowship with other believers, because we are not in fellowship with our Creator. That's where we fall short. And so as we begin walking and talking about these spiritual disciplines in our life, I don't want you to begin thinking about these as, as laws that you have to kind of govern your life by, because that's very easy to do. I'm going to reference a book a lot today called Celebration of Disciplines by Richard Foster, Phenomenal book. Highly suggest you read it. Um, Bobby is not here, and so I'm going to say he'll buy you a copy if, if you want a copy. Um, that's probably not true, but it, it, it can be. We'll work it out. Great, great book. But what it does, Richard Foster, he walks through 12 disciplines, 12 spiritual disciplines. He kind of breaks them up into inner disciplines, outer disciplines, and corporate disciplines. And this morning, the one that I'm going to start with is meditation. And it's more of an inward discipline that we, um, as believers, I don't know that we practice a lot in meditating on God's word. Now, let's be honest. When you first heard that word meditation, you probably pictured someone in the, the lotus position and hands on their knees and, you know, finger. I thought about trying it, but I'm not very flexible, so I'd, it would be bad. But 
You have to begin to strip that type of mindset out of your mind. When you begin to think about meditating on God's word, the very simplistic form of this meditation on God's word is opening up what he has given to us. This amazing love letter, this, this, this guideline for life, and, and focusing in on a certain passage, focusing in on a certain verse. And so this morning I'm going to walk through the, the what meditation is not, right? What meditation is, um, how we should go about meditation, and, and we're going to walk through some of these areas as we kind of dive into this. Um, but I want to lay aside some of the myths that, that come with meditation, because I'm going to be honest, when I first started reading the book, in the first chapter of meditation, I just went, hmm, I don't know about this. Because my mindset goes to, you know, somebody sitting on the floor humming and, you know, out of, rocking back and forth, I don't know, you just things, you know, that, that aren't true. But as you begin to get into what Richard Foster lays out in terms of meditating on God's word, you begin to understand really quickly the, the beauty behind understanding and knowing God through meditating on his word. Throughout Psalms, we see the psalmist write about meditating on God's precepts. That's essentially meditating on God's word and the understanding. We have a security team. They're taking care of it. It's going to be fine. So. Don't stress out. Your car is not being broken into. So, unless the security team is, I don't know. But so let's walk into this. All right, spiritual disciplines. As we get into this, um, let's kind of focus on this. What meditation is not? Okay, um, because I think that's where we get kind of confused in this idea. So, let's do. Let's look at it this way. Meditation. I think it's pretty safe to say that it's, it's basically an exaggeration that biblical meditation, or it wouldn't be an exaggeration that biblical meditation is almost completely opposed to the brand of meditation that, that we're typically used to. Maybe an Eastern culture type meditation or, or anything of the such. Here's the mindset that kind of comes with this, 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 what I've kind of learned along the way. In the meditation of, of what we're kind of talking about that it's not is this idea that you need to, you need to sit and you need to, you need to be free of distraction and, and all of that's true. But then there's also this idea that you need to like empty your mind, right? You need to, you need to not have any thoughts going on and, and you need to just realize and almost this alter reality type thing. And, and that is, that's not biblical meditation, because think about that from the concept of if we are to take in God's word and truly study it, know it, meditate on it, memorize it, live by it, how do we, how do we throw all of that out when God is saying, I want you to know my word. I want you to understand what I'm giving to you. And let's be honest, if we sit down for very long and we, we, we take on this mindset that I'm just going to free my mind of every thought, to everything that's taking me captive right now, if you are anything like me and I sit down and do that, I've just flipped on the golf channel because I'm ready for a good nap. That's freeing my mind, right? That's not what this is saying. This is coming back and saying, look, you need to sit and you need to read and you need to take in what God is giving to you. 
That's the misconception that I think we fall into when we look at this idea of meditation. And it's not just this matter of, of reciting things over and over and over, but it's looking at God's word and the effectiveness that it has on our lives. Another thing that I, I, I came across um, is that there's, there's supposed to be a certain posture when you meditate. When you meditate on God's word, that, that you're supposed to be in a certain position. Well, man, when we read through Psalms and we see David meditating on God's word, we see him when he's lying in bed. We see him when he's standing up. We see him when he is prostrate on the ground, crying out before the Lord and taking in God's word. We see all kinds of different postures. We see all different avenues of what he has laid out for us in terms of taking in and soaking up who God truly is. So when we, when we look at this idea and, and you think you got to, well, I got to sit in a certain position and, 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 and meditate we got to break free from this, this legalistic mindset, okay? So when we walk through these disciplines and we're talking about them and we're laying them out for you, please hear us say, this is not us trying to come to you and go, you've got to begin living this according to law, right? These spiritual disciplines are to guide us, to help us learn who God is more, fall in love with him more, have a better relationship with him so that we can begin discipling our families better. I, I shared with uh, my staff at the BSM the other day, um, this was kind of, and I'm going to share this because this is something that's just been ringing in my head for a while now, and, and, this, and, and somewhat meditating on what was said to me. Um, but this was probably uh, Parent Failure 101, um, real quick. Asher and I, in fact, this was just a few weeks ago. Asher and I were driving home from church. It was just he and I. And uh, we weren't too far from home. And we had, we had conversed a little bit along the way. And, and uh, all of a sudden he goes, Dad, what's, like, what makes a bully? And I thought, man, where are we going with this? You know, like, this is a good conversation. I'd rather have this one than other ones that we could be having. What's a bully? I was like, well, buddy, it's, it's somebody that, that hurts your feelings, or they, they say something to you that's, that's not nice, and, and, uh, or they, 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 they just keep, you know, keep at it, and they keep doing these things to you, and, and you know, and he goes, okay, and it's like, and so he was real silent, and I'm thinking, well, so I asked him, I asked her, are you, like, are you being bullied? No, no, no. Are you bullying? You know, that's the next one, right? No, I don't think so. Okay, that's good. I was like, well, what? Well, then he asked this question. Well, what if what they say about you is true? Is it still bullying? I was like, well, if, if they're hurting, again, if they're hurting your feelings or if it's just continually, like, battering you down, then, yeah, it's kind of like bullying, buddy. And he goes, well, Dad, man, the other day when you said I was lazy, that, um, that really hurt my feelings. <laughs> so... Um, so as those words, as I've been meditating on those and pondering them and looking at my parent failures of the words that I speak to my child, the word of God comes back over and over and washes over with that grace. But as I try to marry that in understanding and teaching my son 
not only grace, but the words that we speak and how, how they penetrate, we have to begin to understand that when we meditate on God's word and it begins to penetrate our very being, our very soul, our lives begin to change. And we begin to speak differently. I think we even begin to look different. We begin to act different. And those around us begin to sense a change that's taken place. And so before you stands a bullying dad, I guess, um, who's trying to change. But as I walk through the disciplines, and I've been able to walk through these with a number of students over the years, meditation for me is probably one of the hardest ones. And I kind of joked a while ago about the idea of sitting down and being still, but man, for me, sitting down and being still literally means I'm ready to go to sleep. It's hard for me to turn off my mind. It's hard for me to, to, to block out all the distractions of life and ministry and family and all of these things going on around me and focus in on what God has in store for me. And where I find myself most of the time when I'm reading through Scripture, I'm trying to meditate on a certain passage, in my mind instantly reverts to the next sermon that I'm going to preach or the next teaching that I'm going to do. And God, all along the while, is going, Gary, stop. Stop and just read my word. Listen to my voice. The problem is many of us don't understand the voice of God because we haven't really, we haven't really fallen into that love relationship with him to where we can hear the voice of God, whether it's through his word or other believers coming and challenging us in our, in our daily walk. And so when we meditate on God's word and we begin to change our lives, this is what begins to happen for us. Our lives become more like Christ. So that's a little bit of what meditation is not. Let's look at what meditation is. Meditation is literally pondering, thinking over, mulling over, whatever word you want to put there. You are just, you are constantly thinking about it. I remember when I was a little bitty riding with my grandpa we weren't really talking. We were going fishing. We, knew, we had a mission, man. We knew what we were going to do. We didn't need to talk. But I remember looking over at him, and, and every once in a while, he'd just, like, shake his head, you know, or nod it up and down, or, you know, just. And for minutes and a long time, I sat there watching him, and, and eventually I just cracked, man. I was like, Grandpa, what are you doing? Like, your head's just shaking like a bobblehead, you know, just, what are you doing? And he looked at me just real seriously. He said, well, I'm thinking. And I'm talking to myself, and I'm answering questions in my head, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm nodding my head, or I'm, I'm, I'm answering. And, but what he was doing, he was pondering. He was thinking. He was, he was thinking about through the day. He was, he was probably thinking, what am I getting myself into taking my little grandson fishing? You know, that's probably what he was thinking. Remember the heathen side of me when I was young? That was very true. But he's thinking over these things and he's pondering them. Turn, turn with me to Psalm chapter 63, verse 6. We're going to be flipping around. I know I haven't gotten much scripture yet, but we're about to get there. A lot of these you're probably just going to write down. Want to write down. Psalm 63, verse 6. I'm going to get there too. This kind of even references back to what we were talking about a while ago in the, in the different postures of of David. But here is David, and he says, On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. 
It's this idea that I'm going to continually focus my attention on Christ, on God. Um, Turn with me to Psalm 119, real quick. Verse 27. Psalm 119, verse 27 says, Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Let me understand the teaching of your word. Then I will meditate on your wonders. So there's this idea, and you're going to read this over and over from David um, as he writes this. Let me understand you. Let me meditate. Let me ponder. Let me think about. And so where I would come back and ask that question when we begin to think about this idea of meditation is if we push everything out of our minds, if we begin to to block out the distractions, all the things that that deter us from really getting into Scripture, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but when we look at that idea and we actually sit down and we begin to read the Word of God, what begins to happen? Life transformation. As I have challenged students over and over and over throughout the years, Sit down, read the Word of God, and if you can come back to me and tell me that your life isn't changed in some form or fashion, then we'll have a different conversation. But when we sit down and we meditate on the precepts of God, and we begin to understand who He is, what He wants for us, and what He desires, then we begin to grow. We begin to grow in our relationship with Him. And we begin to understand why God is doing the things that He does. This past week um, was incredible. I hope it was incredible for you. Uh, we have a, a neighbor that lives next door, and, and they have been hit this year. Uh, one of their daughters has a, an extreme form of, of MS, and, and honestly, she's, I think she's 30. It's, it's kind of one of those any day. Um, any day it's going to strike, and, and she's not going to recover uh, from the, the strokes that she's having. And, and the other daughter, back in March, lost a five-month-old. And so as we've, as we've tried to figure out how to minister to them and, and just love on them, and, and, and this, this is the grandparents. Uh, we, we just met the daughter that lost the, the baby over the Christmas break because they, they came down. But as we've conversed with them and talked with them, this is, this is that idea that I keep coming back to of, of God. One, I'm asking the question, why? We do that all the time. But when I understand and I meditate on God's word, he begins to reveal that. He begins to help us understand all of what he is doing. And as we look at what, what is going on around us and all the challenges that we face and and Clint talked about it a while ago. Maybe, maybe this past year has been awful for you. Maybe you look back over this last year and you go, this has been an incredible year. God has done all of these things. And I've gotten to see his glory through it all. I venture to say most of you are going into 2019 with some reservations because of what this past year has brought. Some of you are looking at 2019 that it's just going to be grand because it's not 2018. Guys, I I can't stand before you and even try to begin to tell you what's going to happen in 2019. 
But I can tell you, we all have to take a start. We all have to take a step. We all have to begin someplace. And so as we begin to get into these spiritual disciplines even more, and we, our biggest goal is to really equip you. That's the idea, equip you, send you out, right? So that you are ready to, to face the world. But as you walk through these and as we teach about these, the understanding isn't that you walk away going, man, I feel like a horrible believer. Because trust me, as I walk through the celebration of discipline, it, it, it just it focuses on so many areas of my life that I am lacking in. But again, it's not, it's not a law. It's a formation. It's a growing process for us. So let's look at the idea of why is meditation so important. Psalm 119, we're still there, hopefully. Psalm 119, verse 98, maybe a page or so over, says this. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. You see, meditation is the bridge between knowledge and obedience. I had a pastor uh, friend tell me one time the definition of wisdom is the proper application of knowledge. When we meditate on God's word, we begin to understand this, the, the bridge between knowledge of, of our Savior, knowledge of what he's told us to do, knowledge of what we're commanded to do. And we marry that, we begin to walk across and we begin to walk and live in obedience. One of the biggest things that we struggle with at our house, and I know this is so not true for any other house that has small kids, is that, um, that, that act of immediate obedience, right? Go brush your teeth. Ten minutes later, they still haven't brushed their teeth. I'm about to, Dad. Dude, that was ten minutes ago. Like immediate obedience, Right? We go back to that whole lazy story. I'm like, you're just, no, you're not being lazy, buddy. You're just, just go brush your teeth, right? But when we begin to understand and properly apply the knowledge that we know of Scripture, and we begin to put it practice into our lives, we begin to be more obedient to who God is. We begin to be more obedient to what He has called us to do. Turn with me to the New Testament, Colossians. Chapter 3. This is where we begin to understand how rich God's word is. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. This is just another reason of why meditation is important in our lives. Verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. Just kind of changing the subject a little bit, but do you ever come on a Sunday morning and you're standing there and we're singing songs and the words are coming out of your mouth, but you just don't mean it? You're just not there, right? When we enter into worship and we enter into this understanding of who God is and what he has done for us, whether you feel richly blessed over 2018 or you feel richly cursed over 2018, 
when we draw into that worship presence with our Father, every word uttered out of our mouth should be with complete and utter joy. Because of who He is. And I think we're able to do that when we understand Scripture and we meditate on it and we give it over to Him. Maurice Roberts in Spiritual Disciplines, another incredible book, observed this. He said, It's not the busy skimming over religious books or the careless hastening through religious duties which makes for a strong Christian or a strong Christian faith. Rather, it is the unhurried meditation on gospel truths and the exposing of our minds to these truths that yields the fruit of sanctified character. God has called us to yield fruit. And in order for us to do that, we have to know who God is. And in order for us to know who God is, we have to meditate on his word. We have to know it. We have to understand it. We also have to be willing, when we don't understand something, to ask the question. We have to stop letting pride carry over us and not let us ask the question of what does this really mean? That's why over this next year, I'm hoping as we move in a a direction of of discipleship and, and understanding there, that as we begin these little groups of discipleship, that we begin to understand we can ask a question. We can be vulnerable with each other and help each other understand, you know what, I just don't get what this is talking about. And the people you meet with might be in the same boat. But at the same time, we are walking through Scripture and we're understanding it more and more. And we are challenging each other to be in God's Word. So as we walk through this, let me give you some some quickly, just some how-tos. How can I meditate on God's Word? I think first, read less. Read less. I remember growing up, all we were taught, all we were told, almost all we were commanded was you, you've got to have a quiet time. And you need to read um, two chapters in the New Testament. You need to do one chapter in the Old Testament. And you need to get all this in. And, and it needs to happen in the morning before the sun rises and before the rooster crows and, and all these dictated things. I don't know about you. It is really hard to get up before the rooster crows. So getting it up, it's not happening in my world a lot of days. I have this great grand scheme that I'm going to get up before the kids, and our kids actually sleep in, which is a blessing. But I'm going to get up before the kids, and I'm going to have that time, and man, that bed just feels so good and cozy, and oh, I just can't get out, right? But the biggest encouragement, read less. I know that sounds crazy, but when we're talking about the idea of meditation, it's really hard to meditate over a whole chapter of Scripture. Meditate over a verse. Write it down. Think about it throughout the day. Remember what you read. Maybe maybe some of you are in here going, "I I, I read stuff and I just can't even remember it. Read it again, but read that same verse. Don't just keep going. You're not doing yourself any good. Now, don't hear me say, don't read Scripture and keep reading Scripture. That's not what I'm saying. But if we're talking about meditating on God's Word, we're talking about specific passages that help us grow and nurture our faith. Read less. 
Second thing, make observations. Ask questions about what you have read. Maybe you write them down. Maybe you ask somebody else. Maybe it's a, it's a passage that you've, you've read many times before and, and, and maybe something else has popped out and you're just going, man, I just, this, this is different now. Well, part of that is your spiritual formation. Part of that is you growing in your faith. As you read the same passage over and over throughout the years, you are learning new things. I have a firm belief if you read Scripture or you come to church and, and there is Scripture read, you should walk away changed. Because the Word of God is that powerful. Third thing, meditate on a single verse for the good of your soul. Choose one for the whole week. Read other things. I don't know how you do your quiet times. I'm not dictating how you do that. But read one verse and use that verse to meditate on all week long. Memorize it. Some of the spiritual disciplines that we're going to walk to is memorizing Scripture. Man, I don't know how you memorize scripture. I've challenged students in so many different ways over the years. Write it down, um, type it out, write it on your, your dash of your car, I, you know, sing it. However you memorize it, do it. Memorize God's word. There's nothing more frustrating in my life when I'm in a conversation with someone and I have the verse in my mind. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. And I can, I can sort of paraphrase it, the Gary version, but I can't reference it because I haven't really taken it in. I haven't really soaked it up. I've read over it. I've skimmed it, got the concept, got the right idea, and then I'm done. Meditate on a single passage. The last thing on maybe a how-to and I'll be honest, this one I, I struggle with. Um, but keep a journal. Keep a journal. Uh, does, is it a biblical mandate to keep a journal? Yes. No, not really. It's really not. Don't take that. But for many of us, a journal is extremely useful. It's helpful. When you find that verse and you're meditating on it, write it down. Write out those questions that you have about it. Write out, write out some application for your life. Write out, who can I share this verse with? One of the things that I love to do, and, and, and maybe it's just in, my, in the ministry role that I'm in, uh, one thing, I have a hard time with names. So in order for me to memorize a name, I usually meet somebody, and I scan the room, and I pick out five to ten people that I know for sure I know their names, right? And I take that person, and I walk them over, and, I'm, and I say, hey, Clint, this is Derek. Derek, Clint, Clint, Derek, Derek, Clint. And they think it's dumb, but I'm just memorizing names. And then I take Clint over here, and I, and I do the same thing to like four or five, ten other people. One, I've just introduced Clint to a whole lot of people, but also I have memorized Clint's name. The same thing with Scripture. If I'm meditating on a certain passage throughout the day, throughout the week, I'm taking that passage to someone, and I'm saying, look, check out this passage that I read today. Two days ago, three days ago. I just been, I've been thinking about it all week. I've been mulling it over in my mind. I want to share it with you. Maybe it applies to their life. Maybe it doesn't. Who cares? It's the word of God. Share it with them, right? Journal. Write it down. Keep it going. Word of God is that important. One of the last things, we'll kind of wrap up with this. One of the things I hear over and over and over is I don't have time for that, right? 
I don't have time for that. I'm American. I've got so many things going on in my life. I don't have time for scripture. Man. <laughs> there are so many words I could use right now. <laughs> but that is so not true. If in part of your journaling, write out your schedule. Map out your day. And I can promise you there's some time there that is not well spent. I work with college students. Netflix is like a verb in their life. What are you doing today, Netflix? What? It's like you're going running. No, I'm not, no, no, Netflix. I've had students that have gone over their data plan with Suddenlink because they've watched so much Netflix. Like, and then, I, and then we get to the end of the day and they're going, man, I just didn't have time. Didn't have time to read today. You literally just watched 10 hours of Netflix. God asks us to give a tenth of our um, money, right? Our wages back to him. I, I've questioned over the years, is it just our wages? Or is it our time as well? Because if that's the case, and then God is asking us to give 2.4 hours out of the day back to him. And I, I don't know how many of us do that. I don't know if you wake up early and you have 2.4 hours of scripture reading. Man, that's awesome. Way to go. But to use the excuse that I don't have time to meditate on God's word is you simply just making an excuse. Yes, we live in a busy culture. It, we, are, we are such a microwave culture. Instantly, got to have it, right? Everything that I could possibly want is in the palm of my hand on a phone, a computer, that I could type in anything and it's instantly there and I get frustrated when I'm in Rome and it doesn't come up so fast, right? We have to slow down as a culture and understand that what God has given to us, we have completely taken for granted. And the fact that we would come to the table and say, I don't have time for God's word is, man, that's huge. We have to slow down. And we have to take a step in the right direction and begin the process of learning who God is. And that only comes, one of the ways that it only comes is through the word of God. Meditate on his scriptures. I have one last set of, of passages. Turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. This is one of those passages I remember... Um, <laughs> I remember sitting in a sermon and the pastor was preaching on this and he read this verse and honestly, I don't know what he said after that because I, I honed in on what this verse was and maybe it's just where I was at that time. But verse, verse 35 says this, very early in the morning, there it is, right? Very early, before the rooster crows, sun is up. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. 
And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Now, this is a point in Jesus' ministry when he has, has done some miracles and the people are obviously coming to him to be healed or, or, or whatever the case might be. But I remember the pastor reading this passage and, and, I, and I, I was tracking with him when he said very early in the morning, I got that part, he went up and he prayed. And then when he said, Simon and his companions found him and they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. I stopped dead in my tracks. And it's like God at that moment just began the process in my heart of saying, Gary, you have a story to tell. You have a gospel to proclaim. And whether people understand it or want to believe it, everyone is looking for Christ. Now that... I'm not trying to take this out of context, okay? So don't, don't go weird on me. But if you think about the truth of that, in our heart of hearts, our soul of souls, God has created us for one thing, to worship Him. Two things. Worship Him and make Him known. And if we're going to worship Him, then we have to fill that void with Christ. That's the only way. And in order for, to do that, we have to begin this process of understanding and knowing the Scriptures so that words from our mouths don't slip out and, and call our son lazy because he didn't go do something in a timely manner. But we come back and we meditate. We know God. And the words that come out of our mouth are God's words. Meditation isn't just sitting down and, and reading through Scripture. Meditation is truly honing in on what God has for us. And the fact that Jesus got up early in the morning and drew away to be by himself, to pray to his Father, helps me understand even more that I need that so much more. 1 Samuel chapter 3, the priest Eli, he helps young Samuel understand that he needs to hear the voice of the Lord. You know the story, Samuel gets up three different times in the night, runs to Eli, and thought that Eli had called his name. And finally, Eli recognizes what is happening. And he says, the next time you hear your name called, cry out, Lord here I am. I want to challenge you this week as we begin this study of spiritual discipline, spiritual formations, to meditate on God's word. But in that time of, of meditating on his word and understanding who he is even more, that you would begin to hear the still, small voice of your creator. And maybe it's through the passage that you're reading. Maybe it's through something that has been spoken to you. But as we start a new year, this isn't a time of, hey, let's create all these new things that we want to try to do. We want to commit to these things. This is something that I think is very biblical. 
But the Lord has called us to know him more and to be a part of his love story, his scripture. So as Jason and the rest of the guys come up, I want to I pray for us. And I want to leave you with this challenge, this challenge of understanding that these disciplines aren't laid out for us to be legalistic and, and the, that these are mandated for us to have. But these spiritual disciplines are laid out for us to begin to grow and nurture our relationship with God. And so as we begin to tackle one by one and you begin to implement parts of it into your life, man, I'm excited what's going to happen. I'm excited to see over these next few weeks the transformation that begins to take place in our lives and in our hearts. So let me pray for you. God, I thank you that you have, uh, well, first, God, that you have given us a manual to live by. But Lord, it's more than a manual. It's more than an instruction book. It's, it is the very life. It's the very food that feeds our soul. And so Lord, when we neglect it, when we lose sight of, of what you have given to us, then Lord, we are neglecting you. We're neglecting our, our maturity in you. And so Lord, as we focus on the spiritual formation and the understanding of what's taken place in our lives, that, that you have called us into relationship with you. And with that relationship, you want, you want to speak to us. You want us to speak to you. But Lord, you want us to grow and you want us to mature. God, would we be a people, would be a, we be a church that, that is so tired of the, of the, the mediocre lifestyle of, of being a follower of Christ, but that we would become sold out completely and that our lives would begin to reflect this maturity that you are walking through with us. God, maybe there's someone sitting here this morning that has no clue what this is even talking about. Lord, I pray that you would open up their mind and their heart and your spirit would move and they would begin to understand and want this relationship with you, this relationship that provides hope, this relationship that provides um, understanding. But even in it, it's a relationship that provides discipline and structure. And so God, as we enter back into a time of worship, not only would you be honored, but would the words that come out of our mouth be true? Would they be joyful? Because, God, you have given us everything. The very breath that we breathe is yours. So, God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.